Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. A reading from the first book of Samuel. In those days, Hannah conceived, and at the end of her term bore a son, whom she called Samuel, since she had asked the Lord for him. The next time her husband Elkanah was going up with the rest of his household to offer the customary sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vows, Hannah did not go, explaining to her husband, Once the child is weaned, I will take him to appear before the Lord and to remain there forever. I will offer him as a perpetual Nazarite. When Samuel was weaned, Hannah brought him up with her, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and presented him at the temple of the Lord in Shiloh. After the boy's father had sacrificed the young bull, Hannah, his mother, approached Eli and said, Pardon, my Lord. As you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood near here, praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord granted my request. Now I, in turn, give him to the Lord. As long as he lives... He shall be dedicated to the Lord. Hannah left Samuel there. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul yearns and pines for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. Happy they who dwell in your house. Continually they praise you. Happy the men whose strength you are. Their hearts are set upon the pilgrimage. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. O Lord of hosts, hear our prayer. Hearken, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. A reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, see what love the Father has bestowed on us, that we may be called the children of God. And so we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we shall be has not yet been revealed. We do know that when it is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see him as he is. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence in God and receive from him whatever we ask, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And his commandment is this, we should believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who keep his commandments remain in him and he in them. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the Spirit He gave us. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Each year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of Passover. And when he was twelve years old, they went up according to festival custom. After they had completed its days, as they were returning... The boy Jesus remained behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. 
thinking that he was in the caravan, they journeyed for a day and looked for him among their relatives and acquaintances. But not finding him, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, I have been dying to tell you this for the past couple weeks. Merry Christmas to you. We oh, and you brought your Christmas Christmas pen. I right. brought my jingle bell pen. Nice. You've been waiting to bust that out all Advent, haven't yes. you? Yes. <laughs> well, indeed. Merry Christmas. I know. Now, some of society is going to say, you know what? This is right after Christmas. It, Christmas is done. Put away your stuff. But no, this is only the beginning of the Christmas season. And remember, the Christmas season will last until the baptism of the Lord, which is, I believe, January 9th of 2022. So, indeed, enjoy this Christmas season. You know, our we, we celebrate the Incarnation and Christ Mass. What a wonderful thing it is. God made man. Mm, amen. Well, you know, I think it's very fitting here. After Christmas, we have the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Samuel here, the first book of Samuel. And, and this is, I want to provide a little background. And, and you might remember last week we had Elizabeth and... Um, and Zechariah, and how they had years of waiting, uh, and how they turned that, they really united that, and it strengthened their hope, it strengthened their faith in the old, in the coming of the Messiah. I think we see that same thing here in terms of Elkanah and Hannah. So let me provide a little bit of a background here. Um, so Elkanah was a gentleman um, and had two wives, uh, Hannah and also Peninnah, and Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children, Okay. So when Elkanah went to sacrifice, he would give portions to Peninnah, but then, you know, Hannah, since she was barren, would not be able to uh, offer sacrifice. So, and this is interesting, it says here in 1 Samuel 1, verse 6, Peninnah, it was referring to Peninnah, and her rival used to provoke her sorely, to irritate her, because the Lord had closed uh, Hannah's womb. So we have a lot of, again, this anxiety and this this really this... um, you know, a sacrifice that Hannah has to offer up because, you know, that scene is sinful if, if God has not blessed you with children. Well, then what happens is uh, Hannah goes up to a Jerusalem. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you give your maidservant uh, a son, I will give him back to the Lord all the days of his life and no, no razor shall touch his head. Of course, that's the Nazarite. Now, as she was praying, Eli noticed that her lips were moving, but he couldn't hear her. And so Eli then took her for a drunkard woman. He said, hey, woman, how long will you be a drunkard? 
And she said, no, my Lord, I am a woman sorely troubled. And she poured out her heart to Eli. And then Eli answered, go in peace and the God of Israel will grant you your petition, which you've made known to him. And then that following year, God granted Hannah a child, Samuel. And that's where we pick it up now. So an amazing backstory to this whole thing. So many of these stories in the Old Testament are just wonderful and, and beautiful in the sense of the the uh, stress and the interrelated things and, <laughs> and, and all that that brings out really the human condition. Yeah, and the faith that Hannah had, that she is suffering all of this torture, you know, like, Hey, we got, I got, I have babies, but you don't. That's right. Exactly. And then still not losing faith and going to God and bringing that sorrow and that heartbreak before God and say, Hey, you know, listen to me, hear my prayer. And yes. uh, And he did. And God blessed her with a son. Yes. Yes. It's just beautiful. My heart always, I love the story of Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. Created a beautiful family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in this world we have an ever-growing number of broken families. And sadly, this has resulted in a massive number of children who are growing up without a father in the home. And too often, without even knowing really who their fathers are. Our modern-day society has warped the concept of family by enacting morally corrupt laws that reduce the sanctity of marriage to nothing more than a legal contract. And it's all part of the ongoing saga of man's rebellion against God. Now, this feast of the Holy Family, we are reminded of the importance to respect and revere our parents. And this isn't just because it makes our parents feel better about themselves, but rather it's about the effect that it has on us. Being patient with our aging parents is an exercise in self-control and keeps our hearts humble. And this exercise becomes a kind of tenderizer for our hearts, and it makes us more able to love and honor God the way that we should. Yeah, and I think it's always good to occasionally go back to the catechism for its wisdom. And there's uh, some uh, verses or paragraphs starting around 2201 about the family in God's plan. We know the family as that fundamental unit of society. Without family, we don't have really anything in terms of strength of society. And here's a few little comments here. It says, the conjugal community is established upon the consent of the spouses and marriage and the family are ordered to the good of the spouses and the procreation and education of children. A man and a woman united in marriage together with their children form a family. This institution is prior to any recognition by public authority, which has an obligation to recognize it, and this is the normal reference point from which other forms of family relationships are to be evaluated. So this is really important. The family is prehistorical and pre-political. Government did not make it up. Government cannot change the definition of marriage and family. This is what it says right there. And of course, people have heard the family being referred to as the domestic church. The Christian family is a communion of persons, a sign and image of the communion of the Father and of the Son in the Holy Spirit. So what a beautiful relationship that has that really forms the basis for our family. And and Carly, you mentioned the importance of fathers. Indeed, how important fathers are for our society today. And if you're looking for fathers who are out there, if you're looking for resources to be a better father and a better husband, uh, there's a couple uh, sites here. American Family Association is always a good one to go to. Uh, Oregon Family Council. And then there's other ones. Oregon Right to Life. Uh, dads.org. Uh, the E5Men.org. The Ephesians 5 uh, organization. All of these are ways that we can, as men, become become better fathers and better husbands. And of course, as we finished with this reading with Samuel, of course, Samuel became the judge who anointed David as king. So it's a wonderful storyline that we see here, how God works through history, doesn't he? Yeah. 
Well, let's go into the second reading here. Um, you know, I love this first uh, sentence here. See what love the Father has bestowed on us that we may be called the children of God. Now, this is huge because if God is our Father, then we are his children. And if children, then we are also heirs, right? We're God's children now. We have to go ahead and say, beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence in God. So as God's children, you, know, you oftentimes hear things called like the fear of the Lord, right? That means a filial fear of the Lord. I, I don't fear the Lord in terms of scared of him. I have a fear of, of um, disappointing him and how beautiful that is. Because then it gives us a very clear commandments, right? Really the, the basic two, love of God and love of neighbor. That is indeed the mark of a Christian and why that is so indeed important to live being marked for Christ in our society. Well, let's go ahead and finish up with the gospel here. So this is interesting. Each year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. Okay, Christ was now 12 years old, like all male children of Israel. He also had to join the pilgrimage. But being 12 years old, he had a choice of either going with the men or also going with the women and children. Well, as they find out, they ended up going to Jerusalem, offering their sacrifices, and then leaving, and then realizing that neither of them had them. <laughs> and according, according to my daughter, Colleen, she loves this uh, you know, fifth joyful mystery. She's like, oh no, we lost the Messiah. <laughs> so what a wonderful, you know, I love that. Every time I pray this, pray this decade of the rosary, I think of my daughter saying that, oh no, because again, think about, wait a second, you know, we just lost the Messiah. They went back to Jerusalem. And indeed, it says here three days. Now remember, as the Jews... Um, recall uh, days. Remember, it's not three 24-hour days. It would be parts of three days. So that's how they get the number three there. But indeed, they went back and they looked for him and he had really a very simple response, didn't he, Carla? Yes, he responded to his parents that, uh, well, you know where, uh, that I would be in my father's house. And he didn't do it um, with a an arrogant or a you know a, a backhanded way he did it with a with a more of a teaching response yes exactly that's right and let's finish with the quote from saint ambrose it says the discovery of jesus in the temple prefigures his resurrection when christ will be three days absent in death only to be again found in the flesh the anxiety following his burial will likewise give way to the joy and relief at his rising merry, merry christmas, christmas. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. <laughs>